Hello, Hello, everyone. You're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. This mm-hmm. is a podcast where we tell true scary stories, often pulling from fantastic paranormal television. My name is Katie Wiggins. I'm Morgan Driscoll. And today, I've got a real fucking doozy for y'all. So first, I want to talk about last night, I went to this adorable little French tapas place with some friends. Ooh. Yeah, these were friends from high school, fucking high school, and now they live oh in New York with me. And um, it was amazing. We sat there for fucking four hours. So fun. And um, and while I was in the bathroom there, tiny, tiny little bathroom, I was washing my hands after I'd used it. And, um, and I was wearing some real tight Calvin Klein jeans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, they were acid wash. Yes! Right up. <sighs> They were tight. That's the way you do it. Tight. And I was washing my hands, and I feel something squeeze my butt. Oh, no. No. I look, I turn around because I figured I had bumped into, like, some shelving or something that was behind me. Turn around. Directly behind me is just a flat brick wall. (gasps) Oh! What? I was like... Y'all gotta be kidding me. What the hell? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's the first time. I'm not sure if it was paranormal. Maybe it could have been my underwear shifting, which feels impossible because I will, I just have to emphasize how tight my jeans were. (laughs) I feel like you've worn pants before and that just doesn't happen. I've worn pants a few times before. (laughs) I'm and I'm pretty familiar with the sensations <laughs> yeah. that follow. Um, trials and tribulations associated, and that's not one of them. The trials and tribulations <sighs> of a trouser. Yes. <laughs> uh, no. So that oh was weird. God. And I wasn't scared or upset by it at all. I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, was just, <laughs> I was like, is this going to be my first experience being touched from the spirit world? Someone just squeezes my ass. Okay. Huh. French ass spirits. Anyway. So that was just oh a, a thing that God. happened last night. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, it was pretty it was it was stupid. <laughs> I don't know why the hell. But it happened and I was not afraid even slightly. I was just like, well, that's stupid. So Hey. So Hey you <laughs> cut that out. Hey. The jeans were tight. It was ripe. I don't blame them. I was looking great. (laughs) So, um, so we usually draw upon on this podcast uh, a variety of paranormal television shows, many of which we keep in our back pockets and refer to often. Um, But I thought I would I would try something else and and do a a show that we haven't used before, but which has been had a huge impact on my paranormal growth. Is it Goosebumps? No. <laughs> Although I have been watching a lot of that, and it's very good. I've never um, seen any of it. Which, believe it or not. You have to. There's two versions. Start with the 1990s or 80s one. It's fucking crazy. So I thought I would do an episode of Celebrity Ghost Stories. Because we've never done that one. And I was like, oh my god, they always have the fucking craziest stuff going I love on. It. I yeah, so so I'm going to do three stories 
each of them is not quite long enough to constitute a full episode, mm-hmm. um, but each of them were too good not to include, so I figured I would just do like boom, boom, boom. So I'm going to spin a yarn for you all, yes. um, and it's going to be quick and awesome, each Great of these. And they're also mildly famous people, so. I love when they're mildly famous. I they're almost always mildly famous. <laughs> they have been in a thing. Okay, so we're going to start out with Bill Bellamy. He is a comedian and actor. If sources are to be believed, he coined the term booty call. I'm going to look up each people you say so I can put a face to the... Good idea. Okay, okay. Okay. So it's 1998. He's living in Los Angeles. His career is going really well. Things are starting to take off. So he decides to buy a home. It's new, large, beautiful. It's very private. You have to buzz someone in to get into the grounds. And you can see the backyard from like every angle of the home. You can always see into the backyard. So he thought it was a dream come true. Beautiful. He could picture his kids playing there eventually. So he loves this place. One of the first nights that he's staying in this house, sleeping, wakes up in the middle of the night to a jump rope sound. Someone jump roping. Uh, I think the fuck not. (laughs) Oh god, it's a child. (laughs) So he's hearing someone jump roping, and then he hears laughter and like a no, no, and sing. Like a little, oh like like a jump rope song, chant. or like a little, not quite a chant. <laughs> that would be fascinating. Um, I gotta work out in the afterlife too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a holy person near or around Los Angeles. I think churches are banned. I just can't imagine any sort of. Any of that happening. Yeah. I feel like Los Angeles is, we're not religious, we're spiritual. So I don't think there's there's ever been a- motto. (laughs) motto. That's the state motto. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so- um, Creepy jump roping. Creepy jump roping. So he looks out his window. There's a little girl in his backyard near a tree, jumping (gasps) rope. She's got on a charm bracelet, white shoes. It's the middle of the night. There's no reason. There's no way that that this kid could have just gotten in. Also, what an insane pursuit to just be like, it's 12 a.m. I'm going to go break into a stranger's backyard and jump rope because, you know, you can't jump rope anywhere. Um, So he runs downstairs and he's going to go looking for her, inspecting his property. Where the fuck did this kid come from? No one is there. He can't get back to sleep. Understandably. Yeah. But he he chalks it up to basically being an unexplained event. But he's so busy with work and filming and all this shit that he doesn't really have the mental energy to explore it. So he's just like, okay, that was an unexplained thing. I'm closing the book on it. A few weeks later, he's in a deep sleep in bed at his home. He hears a jingle. Oh, I have some earrings here. Maybe I can recreate it. No. (laughs) 
Wait. Wait, what kind of a jingle are you? <laughs> oh! Yeah? <laughs> no. Okay, so imagine not that. Uh, like a metally jingle. Jewelry jingle. <laughs> no, that's not um, a I suddenly don't know what a jingle is. That's fine. <laughs> I can't replicate it. We, um, we know. I'm not a Foley artist, goddammit. So, um, he hears a jingling in his bedroom. He's asleep. Well, no, okay. he's in bed. He's not asleep. Right. And he feels a little hand touching his hand. <gasps> he shoots his head around, and there's a little girl standing there. Oh! Wait, she's standing there, or is she laying in bed with him? Not in bed with him. She's standing uh, oh, next to the bed, just reaching her little hand out. Oh. He shoots up, sits up. She's gone. <gasps> what the? I just got goosebumps. I'm literally, yeah. The hairs are starting to move around. <laughs> hairs are moving. <laughs> um, he <gasps> sits up. There's no one. For weeks, he's disturbed by this. But yeah. he just has to compartmentalize it. Somewhere no. in his brain as an unexplained event because he's so busy. Oh my God. Three months later, Make time. he's working in his office. Somebody dinglings his bell. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know how else to say it. Ring. Ring. Rings his bell. Ring my bell, ring my bell, baby, ring a ring a ring That song sucks. Um, <laughs> um, and it's a woman in her 50s. He can see from, like, the intercom thing. And so he buzzes her in. She comes up to the door. She's like, hey, I used to live here. Um, would it be all right if I looked around? Here, let me describe the house so you know I used to live here. Like, past okay. the foyer, there's a main dining room, and there's a there's a window that leads into the tree. Like, she describes the whole house, and then he's like, okay, she's probably legit. Um, I'll let you come in and take a look. She walks in, and she looks around the house, and he can tell she's very nostalgic. And she walks to the backyard straight up to some tree. To some tree. To a tree. That sounded dismissive. Some tree. It was a tree. It was a beautiful large tree. But, you know, and, um, fuck that tree. And she goes straight to this tree and she starts having a conversation with someone. She starts saying, I'm very, very sorry. Mommy loves you so much. And she starts crying. And he's like, oh, are are you okay? Like, is there anything I can do? And she's like, she begins to tell him what happened. She used to live there with her little daughter, who had been climbing the tree, oh. fell, and died at that spot. <gasps> I'm getting goosebumps and literally tearing up. Yeah. I'm not caffeinated enough for this emotional experience. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So... They talk for a little while. The mom seems to feel some solace from that experience. And she's saying goodbye to him. And he hears the jingle and looks and realizes the mother is wearing the same charm <gasps> bracelet that he had heard the little girl. 
is that was the exact sound. And after the mom had come and visited, he never saw the little girl again. Did, did she move on? I hope so. No. I hope, I mean, there was something, it was like she was creating an impetus for her mom to come and, I don't know, it was almost like the little girl was reaching out to Bill almost to be like, hey, who are you? Hi. I need you to get my mom here or like some like I need my mom to be here. And then when her mom was here, she it felt like she could give her some sort of something to go forward with and know that she was OK. And then he never saw her again. So it seemed like she had kind of like completed what she set out to do and then she could move on. And the last shot that they used in this little thing really did make me tear up was the mother was walking away with the charm bracelet and then like a little hand just like went in her little hand as she was walking away. I know, I know. Did he, I guess he didn't tell her about seeing it. No. I think that would have probably been upsetting for her mom to hear, maybe. Yeah. But. Well, now she knows. Now she knows. Well, if she watches Celebrity Ghost Stories. Okay. Oh, my God. So just. How touching. I know. It's very beautiful. And now, number two. Her name is Dawn Wells, and she played Marianne in Gilligan's Island. Okay. I don't need to look her up. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, got it. Got it. Yes. Okay. So Marianne from Gilligan's Island. Is doing, this is after her run on that television show. And so she's doing some dinner theater stuff in Dallas. And uh, they were having a good run of it, really enjoying themselves. And there were a group of young performers that would do like a pre-show performance before she and her co-star would go on. And uh, they all got to be friends. And one of the young performers that was part of the pre-show performance claimed to be a witch. And Dawn is very no-nonsense with that sort of thing and was just like, prove it. Why don't you prove it? Let's let's have a seance in my house. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. She, in- she invites the performers to her home. They all sit around a large table. They get an empty wine bottle and they whittle down a candle to fit inside it. Okay. They all hold hands and touch toes, which I've never heard of touching toes. But Pardon me? <laughs> everybody... Full Get your hand in my hand and your toe on my toe. And, they do and let's conjure some spirits or do gymnastics. <laughs> um, and and the witch girl starts calling on something. Mm. If there's anything out there, show yourself, do something, this and that, this and that. And the table just lurches. Oh. Everybody seems shocked. Nobody owns up to moving it. And they're like, oh, okay, well, let's just keep going. Oh, he, he, he. <laughs> great ideas. So, so far. they keep, they, she continues, like, if you're there, give us a sign, give us a this, give us a that. <laughs> well, I mean, she didn't have a grocery list of what she wanted from the spirit, but I mean, might as well. <laughs> then the whole table lifts. <gasps> they're all fucking amazed. So Dawn makes everybody stop. She's like, all right, that's enough. Let's go into the living room and figure out what the hell just happened. Well, I think we know what happened. 
So, Dawn's co-star was extremely skeptical dude, shock, and uh, and gets their stage manager, Mike, to recreate the scene using the coffee table in the living room there. And he's like, ah, oh, nothing for somebody. Just move the thing. It's fine. Like, we'll show you how someone could do it. Uh, we'll just do it. So they put the candle wine bottle on the table, turn off all the lights. The co-star and the stage manager sit across from each other at the coffee table. They call on the spirits to show themselves. With their toes touching? I sure hope so. (laughs) And Mike, the stage manager, flies backwards. (gasps) Oh, he was create that shoved. <laughs> oh my god! And he's unconscious. Ooh! They try to turn on the lights. The lights won't turn on. <gasps> They're trying to slap his face, get him responsive. He's not. Oh, they brought he... something else in. <laughs> yes, bitch, they did. These dumbasses. God oh. love them, but shit. Yeah. So he's out cold. For at least a few minutes. And he was physically ice cold to the touch. He was physically <gasps> cold. The lights, they finally get the lights to turn on. And Dawn looks at the coffee table and realizes that the candle they had whittled to fit into the wine bottle was upside down in the bottle. <gasps> wick. The wick is Inside, facing down. Oh, they are. My legs just went so cold. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of hair movement. I'm bothered. (laughs) I'm bothered. Okay, okay. If you want someone to prove that they're a witch. Why do you, and maybe they're not, why do you want them to half-ass, start a seance, if they're not really witches, they could really bring some dark shit in and not know how to close a circle? Mm-hmm. God damn it. God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> baby manger. Five, six pound, five ounce baby Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh. Love Okay. It. Okay. So they fucked up. So this goddamn candle is upside down. I don't oh. know how the hell a spirit man... It was just like when no one was looking, it was just like... <laughs> like, how the fuck? If there like had... it had the lights off and it was like... God, God, just like, shit, 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 shit. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Keep the lights off. Keep the lights off. Here we go. Here we go. Ta-da! <laughs> Boom. Done. Wow, guys. Wow. <laughs> Didn't think I was going to make it. That was a close one. That was fucking hairy for a minute. We got it. So everyone goes home, which is nice. The witch is just like, okay, well, bye. And it's like, bitch, you don't want to close this shit. Yeah. Because bitch doesn't know how, which is fine. I mean, I don't know how to do anything, but I don't claim to be a goddamn witch or nor do I volunteer to do a seance. I would never do that. I would never do that in my life. Well, okay, I have done that when I was like 10, but that's fucking different. I had read the book, The Headless Cupid, fancied myself a master of all the macabre, which I still kind <laughs> still of fancy myself. And uh, and then I filled um, 
a small vase with glitter and oil and then wore a cape. That was not a real seance. That was I didn't last need Thursday. to cl- I didn't need to cl- <laughs> <laughs> That's us every time we record. Oh god. Glitter oh, wow. and oil does make a very cool effect. If you guys are planning any Halloween parties with kids or anything, get like a tiny little round vase, fill it with glitter and oil and swirl it around and put a candle in there, like a little votive candle. Ooh, I don't know. I was looking for something to do with all my glitter. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's have a Halloween party. Yeah. I would actually fucking would, love that. Yeah. Okay, so... Everyone goes home. She's alone in this goddamn house. They did she it in the witch's house? No, this was this in Dawn Wells' house. house. Okay. okay. So she's alone. She goes to the kitchen to throw away the wine bottle with the candle in it into the trash under the sink. That's not happening. Suddenly she feels like she... Oh my god, your cat is just putting its butt right in the screen. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cats are a blessing. So... She gets this feeling like she's not alone. She's not. She turns around to see fog in her kitchen. Oh, fuck. (laughs) All of a sudden, out of the fog, an older man walks towards her. Oh, god damn it. It's an old man. It's it's either a demon or the worst guy ever. So just an average man. (laughs) Not apologizing. So, um, (laughs) she feels nothing but negativity and hostility from him. And he dissipates. She runs into her bedroom, locks the door, doesn't sleep. She moves away from this place after her time at the dinner theater is done. And that experience convinced her of the reality of spirits. Good. Well, I mean, not great, but... Well, I mean, if she needed some kind of fucking sign not to just be like, oh, you're a witch, prove it. Oh, you're blah, blah. It's like, and also, like, do witches, like, necessarily have a claim to being, like, mediums? Like, That's, no. Yeah. I don't think like a, it's a either of them understood what a witch was. <laughs> I think that's really fair. I think that is really fair. She, like, that's- just started... It's like, it's like, it's like, okay to you're Catholic. Why don't you say this mass? Yeah. It's like, uh, I think we both don't know where our place is. (laughs) Oh God. So it didn't follow her? Apparently not. I bet something was already there. They didn't even have a, like a Ouija board or anything. Literally all they did was get a group of people together and hold hands. And they were like, anyone? And then he was like, Yes! (laughs) So I think there was something already there that was just like really fucking raring to go because all they had to do was hold hands and be like, yes. And then someone just like, like hell force dropped into the fucking living room. Yeah. So like there was something already going on there if literally all they had to do was just be like, hello. And then the whole thing erupts into flames. Push someone. He's got some issues. Someone needs to look into that. No kidding. That's astonishing. Like, most spirits just move like little dinky objects. They're like... And that's a lot of power to fuck with yeah. the lights, do the candle, push someone, make them cold. That's a multitasker. Yeah. 
I feel like the average spirit can basically move the weight of an average tchotchke. Yeah. Beyond that point, you might be dealing with something extraordinarily negative. Yeah, I'd say. I appreciate that. So now to the third and final story of this trio of terror. (laughs) Okay. So I told this story to the ladies I was with last night. Got them fucking terrified. It was really satisfying. I'm excited. So our half celebrity is Jack Blades. He's a musician in... porn star? No. 80s? Okay. He kind of looks like he would be, but he's a musician from the band Night Ranger. Okay. okay. Which I've never heard of, but apparently they toured. Uh, Sister Christian, know the time has come. Yeah. Come I don't know that song. Oh! You don't know. Hair bands. I don't. I absolutely don't. <laughs> I had a phase. <laughs> We won't go into it. It's Dude, fine. it's because you're fucking dad. You're, isn't no, he like. No, this is my mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, I never really got into the hair bands, never got into hair metal or glam rock, any of that. That's anyway, fine. okay, thank you. I <laughs> feel like I've been able to function pretty well without it. So, Jack Blades. <laughs> oh, God. Jack Blades, musician from Night Ranger. This guy is fascinated with the U.S. cavalry. He collects hats and weapons, anything he can come across from that time period, which is roughly the 1880s and 90s. Um, okay. I've seen a lot of Ken Burns documentaries, and anytime I hear someone talk about the U.S. West, I always imagine an old man talking about it. Well, the soldiers, you see... Had an awful lot to do once they got into New Mexico. Anyway, he comes across, in his travels, he comes across the coat of a buffalo soldier. So named because they were, uh, it was a black regiment of men, black men, called buffalo soldiers. I think, pretty unfortunately, they were called that because of the texture of their hair, which feels like that should have been changed by now. Yeah. But I think people don't realize that, so they just think buffalo because buffalo are in the West. Which, I mean, let's just embrace that. Yeah. So he finds the coat of a black soldier named Lieutenant Davenport. He sends off for the history to the National Archives for the history of this man, and he, they send back a ton of stuff, everything about his life, where he was stationed, everything. That's cool. Which is really cool, and I didn't know that you could do that. Mm-hmm. But also, wow, what a job at the National Archives must be like. That must be so interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, it is. So, one day... He's visiting his family in the mouth of Alamo Canyon in New Mexico. And his cousin lives there. And I think that's where he grew up. So he's visiting New Mexico. His cousin shares similar interests with him in the cavalry, which is such a niche fascination. Yeah. Such Typically, a niche. it's like, I like the Civil War. Yeah. I like World War II. Mm-hmm. I just care about the cavalry. I am literally only interested... In the horse riding U.S. 
anti-native expansionist movement. It's like, okay, I guess we can accept that. (laughs) The moment he gets off a horse, I don't want to know him. Yeah, he's none of my concern. Fuck all the hell, infantry. (laughs) I want the cavalry. So, (laughs) I love it. I fucking love it. So, he knows his cousin has similar interests, which is insane. But he's like, um, he's like, oh, let me bring that coat and all the historical records, because I bet Cuz is going to be interested in this. So, they meet up, and he puts on the coat. It fits him perfectly. They were, like, the exact same size, which uh, is unusual and rare. And he just starts kind of wearing it with his cousin. They're talking. They're hanging out, him and his cousin and his wife. Loving it, living up. New Mexico life. And then uh, got to be about 11 at night. So he decides to retire to the guest house in the back. Now, this area is extremely rural. Um, I've never been to New Mexico, so it's hard for me to set the scene in a way that might be meaningful to folks. Dry. Imagine, yes, very dry, <laughs> very dry, and uh, no one around. <laughs> I feel like it's an empty Arizona. That's the way I, I see it. I think it's hillier. Point. It's like more, mm. there's more varied landscape. Okay. But also, once again, I don't fucking know. So none of you New Mexicans come from me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they call themselves, New Mexicans? <laughs> Um, I mean, what else are you going to say? Yeah, what else are you going to say? All right, we'll call them New Mexicans. <laughs> Listeners, let us know if there's another term. So no, don't. very interested. No, Do don't. Not. <laughs> don't ruin this for me. Do not engage on this one. <laughs> Leave us be. So he goes back to his guest house in the back. It's a warm, still night, so he decides to throw open all the windows. Right. There's no wind at all. No billowing curtains whatsoever. He falls asleep. Oh. In the coat? He, no, he takes the oh. coat off and okay. puts it on the table. Okay. There's like a little, like two chairs and a little coffee table, as well as a bed and everything. So he sleeps. He's awoken in the middle of the night by gusting winds in his room, blowing everywhere. Hmm. Hairs on his neck start to stand up, and he starts to feel as if he's not alone. He looks out the window, and a figure is standing there, staring at him. Oh, I got a shiver. I literally got a shovel. In the window is the face of an Apache warrior staring right back at him with a savage, murderous look on his face. He has a headband, and a white stripe across his face. So he's recognizable as Apache. Slowly, that image fades away. His heart is jumping out of his chest at this point. Out of the corner of his eye, he sees someone running towards him with a knife. No! And another figure as well in the room. He freaks out, runs to the lights, turns them on, and the two warriors are gone. He has no idea what to do with what just happened to him. So he just sits in the chair next to the table. And eventually he wakes up, so he knows he must have fallen asleep there. 
but he was completely traumatized. He wakes up in the morning. There's no evidence of any disturbance. So he goes out and talks to his cousin and his cousin's wife. They say that it was a still night, no wind. And they all start to come to the conclusion that the coat that he had been wearing, who had, which had belonged to Thomas Corbin Davenport, might have triggered something. Oh, God. That area is filled with a history of violence between Apache warriors and Buffalo soldiers. So they bust out the archives of the Lieutenant Davenport. Mm -hmm. He had been stationed in almost the exact area they were staying. Mm. He had fought the Apache. Oh, God. He died May 6th, which will be a day after we post this. Oh, God. 1887 at the Government Hospital for the Insane. So apparently he went crazy two or three years after he had left the Southwest. The theory of Jack Blades (laughs) is that perhaps... He had been cursed. Mm. And that the spirits of the Apache had driven him insane. And that when the coat was worn again, that curse got revved up again. It got the dust it got dusted off and 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 reused. (sighs) I also think he was a soldier in the West on a goddamn horse killing Native Americans in a war that probably didn't benefit him necessarily at all and he could have just had ptsd which is very likely but um the other explanation is also fun oh my god so he my god decided never to put that coat on again fair enough and to be a little more careful with his uh, curio uh, interest in the things that he brings into his life. Oh my god. So those are the three tales of terror. They're which so I have... good! I know. They're all I so know. different, but so good. Right, you see how you I every... couldn't just choose one. Because mm-hmm. you've got like the little girl ghost, which is always a classic. You've got classic. the the seance pissed off old guy, classic. And then ancient artifacts curse. Classic. Beautiful. Like a Thank rock you. operetta. Like a rock operetta. Yeah. Classic and beautiful. <laughs> like a rock operetta. Well, I wanted um we're tying in the celebrity aspect. <laughs> okay. I guess here it I'm works the because they're like D-list celebrities, so yeah. that does work with rock opera. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I can't say I've ever listened to a rock opera. Bullshit! What have you you listened to? What's technically a rock opera? Because I don't know what technically Rent. Have you listened to Rent? Yeah, is that a rock opera? Tech. Okay. Tech. Okay. Technically. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, um, 
spooky shit. I found them all very unsettling. All of them enlightening in their own ways. And each giving a... Just like a haunting of a totally different flavor. Mm-hmm. Cursed haunting, closure haunting, crazy asshole haunting. So good. I got goosebumps with the Buffalo Soldier. My like top of the thigh got really cold and goosebumpy. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cold right now because of it. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. 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 Y'all be so careful cool. and don't fucking make Native Americans angry. Yeah. Shit. Well, I mean, obviously, America didn't listen to that. (laughs) We did, frankly, the opposite. Um, But, I mean, stuff happens, man. Like, you be careful with historical artifacts. Yeah, always. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And don't just fuck around with seances. Mm Mm-hmm. You wouldn't... I was sitting at that table with my friends... And one of them was like, oh, well, where I used to stay uh, for college in North Carolina was super haunted. And there was like a dog fighting ring in the basement. And we had done a bunch of Ouija board stuff. And I was like, girl. Jesus. Why? Also, that's like a great way, if it's not haunted, to bring shit out and make it haunted. Oh, yeah. And I mean, don't do that. She's fine and nothing happened, but I was like, baby, you are so lucky. I was like, I have so many stories of people uh, doing the exact same thing. But not going well. And horrible things happening. Ugh. It's like, honestly, it's like, it's okay. Using a Ouija board, I think, is like having unprotected sex with a stranger. There is a chance that you won't get anything and you will be fine. And often, that is what happens. But it would be <laughs> ill-advised. <laughs> I feel like doing for the it reasons of that, pregnancy that you, and STDs and yeah. all these things. You're just sacrificing all control for no reason. Um, I feel like for a casual paranormal fuck. <laughs> if you're doing it in a place that you already think is haunted, that's like having unprotected sex with. Very Someone in the back of yeah, like a, a like uh, clinic. <laughs> yeah, like a Craigslist twenty dollar. I'll do whatever. Yeah. yeah, some back alley shit. Some back alley shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all don't do it. I mean, yeah. I think there is technically a way to do it safely, but you have to be with someone that can open it, close it. You gotta know what you're doing. Bless everyone. Like it's not. I mean, this may seem like overkill because so many people have used them and then they're fine, but it's just like really better safe than sorry. Because yeah, like why risk it? we are exposed to so many cautionary tales. Yeah, yeah. That it's just like why would I ever? Why would I want? Dip my so, toe in something that could really fuck me up. Yeah. Why would I want to introduce this possibly into my life? If I want to be f- afraid, I have plenty of avenues for that. <laughs> I'm constantly afraid. I'm fine. <laughs> I have anxiety. It's yeah. great. Yeah, I'm that's always enough. afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need a Ouija board. My life is enough. So, those were our stories. If you, listener, 
have an excellent scary story that you're just dying to tell us, send it to me at letters to camp at gmail.com. Do us a favor and give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. We're working hard for you out here. Yeah. And we would love for you to just take three seconds and search our name into podcasts and then just boop, five stars. You don't even have to say anything. Nope. Just five. And um, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can get some merch at Redbubble. And... I believe that's it. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all have a spooky night, okay? Filled with restless dreams!